Hollywood and locked on Anaheim Ducks. The Ducks finish a quick two-game road trip and some news and notes around the league. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning. It is Friday, March 6th. How's everyone doing? This is Locked On Anaheim Ducks, your daily podcast covering the OC's hockey team. Don't forget, you'll get fresh daily content Monday through Friday. Yesterday was Goals Thursday. If you missed yesterday, I talked a little bit about how the NHL call-ups have affected the San Diego Goals, who are currently vying for a playoff spot. So make sure to listen to yesterday's podcast in case you missed it. And in case you missed any of the other podcasts, you can hear them all on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. The Ducks played two games that I have not talked about. As I mentioned, I recorded Wednesday's episode before Tuesday's game. So there's two games to cover. One of them I'll cover quickly. The other one I won't cover as quickly because it was much more entertaining. We'll start with a game on Tuesday night against the Chicago Blackhawks for what it's worth. At least the Blackhawks had some very, very nice jerseys. Those might be one of my favorite jersey sets of the entire National Hockey League. Just two colors. The black with the five stripes on the bottom, and then you have just the stripes on the shoulders. Honestly, that is one of the slickest looking sweaters in all the NHL. And especially the chain stitching on front for the emblem for the Chicago Blackhawks, I think it is very choice and very pristine. But enough about the jersey, because it was that kind of game. Uh, The Ducks, they started off pretty well. They dominated puck puck control most of the first period. In fact, they outshot Chicago 16-6. They were some very high quality shots too. Just none of them went in, which is a shame for the Ducks, because honestly, Corey Crawford looked pretty good in net. He was stopping several good shot attempts. The Ducks were rolling with John Gibson, who did not look his best. We'll start with the first period. Chicago got things rolling on the first period. Yeah, they were the ones that scored despite being outshot by plenty because Drake Cagiola got his ninth of the season, making it one nothing Chicago. And then the floodgates opened. It was that bad, folks. Chicago then outshot Anaheim 34-23 to the rest of the way. Chicago pretty much just dominated. The first period had a bit of, not drama, but it wasn't good. As Josh Manson left the game in the first period with an injury, he did not return. In fact, he is still out for now. So Josh Manson only skated six minutes. So guess who had to play more minutes? Christian Juice had to play more minutes. Delzato. Matt Irwin. He played almost 23 minutes. So the Ducks were constantly just double shifting as far as like shifting over defensemen. Because when you're down 1D for the rest of the game, that will affect the rest of the guys. And it surely did in the second period because Dylan Strom scored his 11th, making it 2-0. Denton Heinen did get a goal. And hey, the new guys all contributed on that point. Sonny Milano got an assist. Christian Juice got an assist. Danton Heinen got a goal, his ninth of the season. So the Ducks cut the lead in half, and then, really, with about five minutes left, it was all Chicago. They had the puck pretty much four of those final five minutes. Dylan Strom got his second of the game. Alex Nylander got one with about two minutes left. And then, a few seconds later, Patrick Kane, yeah, that guy again, he got his 29th goal of the season. All of a sudden... It's 5-1 Chicago, and one of those goals Gibson absolutely wanted back. He 
just afterwards, he just had this look of bewilderment going, what is going on? The defense did look tired at the end of the second period. They were gassed. They looked even more gassed in the third period. Luckily, Chicago didn't score more than one goal in the second. Yes, Carter Rowney did get his seventh of the season, but David Kempf scored another one. That was the final score, 6-2. to two. The big story of that game was Josh Manson. Easily the biggest story of the game. Once he went out, the Ducks' defense just did not look the same. Manson is one of the key cogs for that Ducks' defense. And when you lose him, it's not going to go well. The Ducks have lost so many defensemen over the past couple weeks. They've lost Hampus Lindholm. They've lost Josh Manson. Cam Fowler is out. Here's who the Ducks had going the rest of the game. Brendan Gooley, Christian Juice, Jacob Larson, Michael Delzato, and Matt Irwin. If you had any of those guys being on the Ducks defense at the beginning of the season, I would not believe you. That's how decimated Anaheim is on defense, and it has affected the goals, as I mentioned yesterday. Gibson only played 40 minutes after he gave up those three goals quickly at the end of the second. No, he got pulled after two periods. So Ryan Miller, he stopped 11 shots out of 12. He looked better in that third period. Actually, Miller looked pretty good, to be honest. So that's pretty much the entirety of Tuesday night's game. It was that bad for the Anaheim Ducks. Apologies to the fans. But I wasn't going to talk too much about this game because, you know, it just looked bad. The power play wasn't working for the Ducks either. I mean, they were 0 for 3 on the power play. Chicago 0 for 2. Really, the big, but the big story is the defense. I don't know what more they can do at this point. I mean, yes, the Ducks are not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, their defense is getting decimated. Calling up guys from San Diego, that will help Anaheim in the short term. It's a warm body out there. You're going to see guys that are just going to get more and more experience in the National Hockey League. That's going to be good for San Diego in the long run, should they make a large push for the playoffs. But for the Ducks, it's just another warm body, and it's good NHL experience. And we'll talk more about that after the first intermission. But before we talk about Wednesday night's game... I want to tell you how you can make your business work for you with Locked On Advertising. If you've been a listener of this podcast, then congratulations, you're awesome. I'm sure you've heard all the fantastic advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Anaheim Ducks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ducks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a locked-on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with other Anaheim Ducks fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this locked-on podcast. Local fans love to support local business, especially here in SoCal. So text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. After the first intermission, we're going to talk about some Rocky Mountain high hockey. Stay locked in.
Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and we're going to talk about Wednesday night's much more entertaining game at the Colorado Avs. The Ducks have won in Denver earlier this season. They beat Colorado 5-2 back when the Avalanche were a little bit more decimated than they are now. Avs still have some injuries to deal with. They're not nearly as bad as they used to be, but they're still not the best. The Colorado Avs, they had a new guy on their team that had been getting some attention, and he had been pretty impressive in his eight or nine games, and that would be Martin Kaut. Uh, He's played most of his season with the Colorado Eagles. In eight games or seven games at the time, he scored two goals and one assist. So honestly, he looked pretty good before this game. I thought he was going to do some damage to the Ducks, and that fortunately did not happen. Well, fortunately for Anaheim, it didn't happen. Let's kick things off right away in the first period. This was a fun one, by the way. Actually, before we talk about the game, I want to talk about the injuries. As I mentioned, Manson is out. Well, here's the list of injuries for the D. Manson left the game. Hampus Lindholm was still out. Cam Fowler is still out. Erica Branson is still on the injured reserve. There is some news about that that just dropped about a minute ago. I'll get to that after the game. So the Ducks on Wednesday, this is who they skated out on defense. Brendan Gooley, Yanni Hockenpah got his first call-up from San Diego, so congrats to Hockenpah on his first call-up. Then it was Christian Juice, Jacob Larson, Michael Delzato, Matt Irwin. Let's see, Gooley's played for the goals. Hockenpah's played for the goals. Christian Juice, he's played in the AHL this season. So is Jacob Larson. So has Matt Irwin. So basically... There's five guys that have played in the American Hockey League that is on your defensive core. And then you have Delzato. Oh, boy. Ducks fans before the game were going, oh, this is not going to look good. The Ducks are probably going to give up six or seven goals to Colorado. Well, it wasn't that many. It did look bad in the first period where Vladislav Namestikov got his 15th of the season. I got through it. one nothing Colorado. And then one of the new guys, Andrew Agazino, he got his first goal as a duck to make it a one-to-one tie. Very nice goal, by the way. Then guess who scored? One of the newcomers from San Diego, Brandon Gooley, got his fourth of the season to make it two-to-one Anaheim. Wait, the Ducks are winning? What's going on? Well, that didn't last because just a minute later, a minute after the fact, the Ducks, they had a pretty bad penalty there. It was a Kiefer Sherwood penalty. It ended up being um, a delay of game. And just 27 seconds into the power play, guess who scored? Yeah, Gabriel Landeskog, one of the superstars of the Avs. Landeskog got his 19th of the season, a power play goal to make it a 2-2 tie. In the second period, Sam Steele. Yeah, he's back. He scored his 6th goal of the season to make it 3-2 Anaheim Ducks. Then we go into the third period. This is where things just got a little bit more fun. And listening to this on the radio, Steve Carroll was having a ball. I I love that Steve Carroll was kind of laughing throughout most of that third period. He was just having a blast. It was an entertaining game at this point. A lot of back and forth. You know, both teams got a couple of penalties against each other. So, you know, it, it was good. But, I mean, the best part of the first period was the fight between Nick Delorier and uh, Belmar. And Delorier kind of won that fight. The second period, not much there. The third period, a little bit more rough and tumble. Some more just heavy hitting, which you love to see if you're a hockey fan. 
And then even Ryan Getzloff and Nemestikov, they got into it a little bit. They didn't get fighting, but they got matching roughing penalties. And then two minutes later, it was Mark Barbario and Max Jones. They got into it a little bit. They got called off for roughing. And it was at that point where Steve Carroll was just laughing his ass off. And I love to hear an announcer having just a good time. Because it was it was rough to the point where they weren't going to call fightings. But nasty enough that you just enjoy it. You just enjoy the hell out of it. One thing Ducks fans did not enjoy was a Sonny Milano high-sticking penalty that directly resulted in another power play goal for Colorado. This time, it was Nate McKinnon who got his 34th of the season to make it a 3-3 tie. It would remain tied going into overtime. Both teams were going really fast at that point. They were getting shot after shot after shot late in the third period. Here was the shots on goal. Colorado outshot Anaheim 13-10 in the first, 7-5 in the second, and then the third period, the Ducks outshot Colorado 10-8. So at that point, the Ducks had 25 shots, Colorado had 28. Neither team scored, so we would go into overtime. And for most of overtime, it was severely back and forth. Yes, there was one shot that hit the post there. It was fun to watch. Seeing some of these superstars of the Colorado Avs just relentlessly going against Anaheim. In fact, in that overtime, Colorado outshot Anaheim 7-5. And it was the superstars that got into it. McKinnon nearly got one in there. Nemestikov, he got in there. Landeskog, Landeskog, I thought he would have a game-winning shot in overtime, but that didn't happen. So it, it was just fun to watch. Both teams did go back and forth until eventually, with less than two seconds left, guess who scored the game-winning goal for the Anaheim Ducks? Someone that had been on the schneid for a long time, and Ducks fans were calling for this. They were saying he's due. No, he's overdue. Ricky got it. Ricard Raquel got the game-winning overtime goal, which puts him second among all Ducks of all time for game-winning goals in overtime. I think it was his sixth time, his sixth occurrence where he scored a game-winner in overtime. So Raquel got the goal to give Anaheim a kind of surprising victory over the Colorado Avs. This was Raquel's first goal since January. It's been that long. The last time he scored was against the Tampa Bay Lightning all the way back on January 31st, which seems like an eternity ago. And that was a long, long drought. A 15 or 16 game drought where Raquel had not scored. And I know Ducks fans were getting very worried. Like, what's going on with, with Ricard Raquel? He was, you know, possibly thought of being traded because he wasn't producing. Yes, Raquel still isn't producing as a whole throughout the season. But goals like that are reasons to keep him around. And that was a fantastic goal by Ricard Raquel. Very filthy too. You know, right on the top shelf. Found the perfect spot. So Raquel with the game winner. Ducks win 4-3. Not a super crushing loss for Colorado because they did at least get a point that will always help them on their playoff push. And can you believe the Ducks won twice this season at Colorado? I still cannot believe that. So that's what happened on Wednesday night. Coming up after the second intermission, some news and notes around the league. Stay locked in.
welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, Just a couple of quick notes. I mentioned that there was some injury updates about the Anaheim Ducks, so I'm just going to put them out there right now. This is according to Eric Stevens from The Athletic. Uh, Josh Manson and Eric Goodbranson, they skated with the Ducks this morning. They both have been dealing with upper body injuries. So, and this is from him. Don't know if that means either or both are playing, but obviously closer to doing so. Cam Fowler worked out with skills coach Larry Barron before the AM skate. So for what it's worth, maybe some of these guys are coming back. Or maybe we could still have a call-up from San Diego. Maybe one will play. Maybe none will play. Who knows? John Gibson does get the start in net tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That is going to be a 7 o'clock start at the Ponda. So make sure you get there in plenty of time. That game is going to be on Prime Ticket. Once again, a 7 o'clock start tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's going to be John Gibson versus Jack Campbell. Where have we seen this before? Oh, we've seen this when Campbell was a member of the LA Kings. So Ducks fans are very familiar with Jack Campbell. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Some breaking news in the National Hockey League and some very sad news to report that the pocket rocket, Henri Richard, passed away at age 84. Uh, one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Certainly one of the best Canadians of all time. But when you talk about winning, you look no further than some of those guys on the Montreal Canadiens. You look at guys like Jean Beliveau. Henri Richard, you know, his brother, they were all up there in the pantheon of greatest hockey players of all time. And when you think about a great tandem with Maurice Richard and Henry Richard. Still one of the best brother, I guess, lines, not lines, but I guess brother duos out there in all of history. And here's a statement from the Canadiens. Quote, The Montreal Canadiens were deeply saddened to learn the passing of former captain and Hall of Famer Henri Richard earlier today in Laval at age 84. He spent his entire 20-year career with the Canadiens, He was the only player, along with teammate Jean Beliveau, to accomplish playing 20 years, all with one team, which is Montreal. Uh, Before making the jump to the NHL and joining his brother Maurice Richard, um, Henri starred with Montreal National, recording 55 points in 49 games in 51-52. He finally debuted with Montreal in 1955. He scored 19 goals in his rookie season and won his first Stanley Cup alongside his brother, After that, it was just a whole lot of winning. His first five seasons with the club, they had won Stanley Cups. So first five seasons, five Cups. And he's one of 12 players on Montreal to have been a member of the five consecutive winning Cup teams. They're Dickie Moore, Jacques Plante, Jean Beliveau, Doug Harvey, Bernie Boom Boom Jeffreyon, Tom Johnson, Claude Provost, Jean-Guy Talbot, Don Marshall, Bob Turner, and, of course, Maurice Rockets Richard. Uh, he's got his name on the cup 11 times, which is an NHL record that will probably never be broken. Him, along with Jean Beliveau, are two of the best winners in National Hockey League. And I'm going to you know, compare this with basketball, if I may. Richard isn't considered one of the greatest hockey players of all time. That would go to players like... You know, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, they're considered the greatest of all time. 
because Gretzky had the amazing scoring streak, he won the cup multiple times. Mario Lemieux, same way. He scored a plethora of goals, came back from cancer, and has his name etched on the cup as well. I think Gretzky has his name on the cup four or five times. And Mario Lemieux, he won it twice in 91-92 and has his name also as an executive. So when you think about players that have been on the cup multiple times, you don't normally think of, you know, Richard. Henri Richard has won 11 championships. And I'm going to harken back to basketball. What do you think about the greatest basketball players of all time? The two that immediately come to mind. I mean, if you're a current fan, everyone loves LeBron James. Of course, Kobe Bryant is up there. Magic Johnson is up there as far as the greatest of all time. Same with Jerry West. And of course, Michael Jordan is considered the GOAT of basketball. But when you talk about winning, there is no greater winner than Bill Russell of the Boston Celtics. That was back when the Celtics won eight consecutive championships. And same with Montreal. They won five consecutive championships. Those are your two greatest winners of all time. Henri Richard with 11 titles. Bill Russell with 11 titles. Both of them are such gentlemen to the game. And it is sad to see Henri Richard pass away. But he had a stellar career. Hall of Famer. Once again, Henri Richard passing away at age 84 on March 6th, 2020. I do want to end on a lighter note and kind of a happier note. Um, I had this written out, so I do want to talk about this. And that is the scoring race. The race for the Rocket Richard Trophy. Speaking of the Richards, currently, Austin Matthews has 46 goals, looking to get his 47th tonight in Anaheim. David Pasternak has 47 goals. Alexander Ovechkin, that guy's still going. Yeah, the great eight, Alex Ovechkin, he also has 47 goals this season, and he's been on a tear this month. March 1st against the Minnesota Wild, he scored two goals, three points, and just yesterday against the New York Rangers, Ovechkin scored two more goals to tie him with Pasta. He has 47 goals on the season. He has 705 on his career. He is inching very close to the rest of those guys on the all-time NHL scoring list. Next on that list is Mike Gartner, who has 708 goals. Ovi is only three away from Mike Gartner. He should pass him this season. He's only 12 away from Phil Esposito at 717. Ovi has been climbing the charts at such a pace. It's just amazing to watch the guy still going and still producing at such a high rate. Ovi will surely have another 50-goal campaign this season. He only needs three more. There are 14 games left for the Washington Capitals. I think Ovi will get there. Ovi could get to 55 this season. He's got to be, as of right now, the favorite to win the Rocket Richard Trophy, which is the most goals in one season. So we'll see how that plays out. And once again, thank you all for listening. I very much appreciate it. If you want to hear any of the previous shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, make sure to listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. And if you want to talk hockey with me, if you want to ask any questions, hit me up on Twitter or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. 
I welcome your questions. I hope to do another mailbag at some point next week. So once again, thank you all so much for listening. I very much appreciate it. Before I sign off, I want to mention one thing. This weekend, yours truly will be running the Los Angeles Marathon. Yeah, the big race on Sunday. I'll be running the LA Marathon nice and early Sunday morning, and I cannot wait to cross that finish line. So if you guys happen to be in the LA area and you want to cheer on some runners, you know, make sure to cheer me on. I would very much appreciate it. So if you guys are going to be anywhere on the marathon route, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know that you're there. Let me know that, you know, you'll be rooting me on. So I'd appreciate that as well. So I'll be I'll be running the race this weekend, hopefully with a pretty decent time. And hopefully I finish strong for the LA Marathon. So I just wanted to get that out there. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend. Hey, I'll see you at the race course if you're going. And quack, quack, Anaheim. Ducks fly together. <laughs>